Right. If you'd like a voice that's easy, expressive and human, if you want to deliver your words in a way that really makes your listener feel something, you know, and if you want a clearer voice during hay fever season, cold and flu season and even... Yikes, I've sung too loud at a Bon Jovi concert season. (laughs) Then join me for Mouth to Mic. It's my new online voice training programme that comes with its own private community of voice gigs, just like you. For all the info, head over to bit.ly forward slash mouth to mic. That's bit.ly forward slash mouth to mic. Welcome to the Voice Coach Podcast, here for all your speaking voice training and guidance. My name is Nick Redman and I am offering you all sorts of nuggets of wisdom on how to keep your voice in good working order and a true representation of who you are. So if you're a podcaster, presenter, actor, speaker or voiceover artist or a general voice geek, you're in good hands. Shall we get started? Hello, voice fan. Welcome to another episode with me, Nick. So this episode, I'm going to chat a wee bit about sibilance. I'll tell you what it is, might be something you've heard of, might not be, uh, where you can expect to hear it. We'll demonstrate it a wee bit and, well, let's face it, I'll, uh, I'll probably tell you where you can tell anyone who tells you you're too sibilant to stick their opinions. <laughs> Honestly, if I had a quid for every time I saw someone in a forum saying someone said they were sibilant or too sibilant, I'd have a lot of quids. <laughs> That's uh, money for anybody who's not familiar with uh, quids or pounds in the UK. Okay, look, it's not that there is never a need to explore sibilance and uh, maybe change something or adjust something, especially on the microphone. You know, if you speak on the microphone a lot, like for podcast recording or voiceover or voice acting, it's just that for my money, sibilance is another example of those very subjective opinions based on each individual's prior relationship with and experience of that hissing quality of certain sounds. Look, we all have our mesophonia triggers. I mean, I can't be in the same postcode with someone if they're eating cereal. (laughs) I just my head in. Um, But remember, take that subjective opinion, filter it with some objectivity and decide whether the issue lies with the speaker or the listener, depending on the side of the camp that you are in at the moment. All right, jumping off my soapbox, whoop. Sorry, I do feel the need to lay these things out before getting into the short and curlies of what it is, how to explore it and reduce it, you know, if you really need to, because as I'm sure you know by now, I'm here for your voice as it is and owning that and getting that out there in the best, most free and reliable way possible. And I'm always reluctant when somebody feels that there's a voice, I hate this word, impediment, somewhere in your speech pattern. I'm always reluctant to be like, okay, well, let's change it because clearly the problem is lying with the speaker and it's got nothing to do with the listener at all. And they're kind of weird things that they don't like to hear. (laughs) And that is where sometimes people lump in sibilance along with the likes of, again, hate this phrase, a weak R and whatnot. That's that kind of really as opposed to really. Who cares as long as you can be understood? That's what I say. Anyway, I call them features, not impediments, because they're just features of your voice. So there we go. Take that one and run with it. All right, I'm really off my soapbox now. (laughs) Sibilance or being sibilant. So what is it? Well, in phonetics terms, 
Uh, a sibilant is a fricative sound, so a sound made by friction between two articulators close together, that has a higher amplitude and pitch. It's when the tongue tip or blade comes up towards the roof of the mouth and the air is forced forwards, and that's how the sound essentially is made. And it's basically the sounds s as in sausage, z as in zebra, sh as in shoe, and j as in measure or pleasure. In layman's terms, and the context within which it's often discussed in relation to a voice quality though, sibilance or being too sibilant is, well, it refers to the amount of hissing sound that you get predominantly on that s sound on the microphone. It comes up a lot in recorded voice because the particular frequency of the s sound can be picked up quite intensely by the microphone, depending on the kind you're using. And it basically resonates at a higher amplitude and pitch. So if we compare, for example, the s sound to another unvoiced fricative that doesn't fall into that sibilant bracket, uh, for example, f as in frog, you'll notice the difference in pitch there. There's no physical pitch change at vocal fold level because there's no vocal fold vibration, but the quality of the s is higher in pitch. And this can really vary from person to person. You know, some people are hissier than others. <laughs> it's a funny thing to say about people, isn't it? Anyway, why is that? Why are some people more sibilant or less sibilant, you know? Why does it differ so much? And why does it piss people off? Well, let's put aside the variation we can get in microphone quality, etc. Because I'm sure many mic geeks out there will know certain microphones pick up and favour certain frequencies and amplitudes over others. And this is, of course, you know, first and foremost, a voice training podcast. It's not the mic coach podcast. <laughs> okay, so firstly, in terms of voice, you often get accent variation. Some accents are a little bit more sibilant than others. And that's just your accent. So no issues there. You can turn off and go and have a cup of tea. <laughs> Secondly, we all have different bits and bobs, you know, let's be honest. So like the bits that make my s are probably different in shape and size to yours. My teeth may be closer together than yours. Your tongue may be pointier than mine. All right, show off. Uh, even like the inside of the front of the mouth, that shape there where this sound is made could be different. And that's all going to create different versions of s in terms of sibilance. Now, not only that is one of the sounds, <laughs> I find it really funny that I keep having to say s, maybe I should just say s, just doesn't feel right. <laughs> Sorry, where was I? So s is one of the sounds that people can make differently in terms of articulation contact. So here's a wee exploration, first one for this episode. Make your s sound, again, as in sausage, sandwich, sangria. <laughs> you can see where my mind is right now. Make your s sound Close your eyes and focus in on what you can feel touching what inside your mouth. So firstly, which bit of the tongue do you feel making contact? Is it the tip, e.g. right on the end of the tongue? Or is it the blade, so a teeny bit further back maybe? Now ask yourself this next. Is your tongue tip pointed up behind the top teeth or pointed down behind the bottom when you make your s? The tongue tip up or tongue tip down is a really good place to start when it comes to exploring sibilance. Some people make a s with the tongue tip up. I know, weird. Some people make it with the tongue tip down. I know, weird. Try making yours the opposite way, just as a wee experiment. So if you were making it with the tongue tip up, s, try it down, s, 
If you are making it with the tongue tip down, make it with the tongue tip up. Can you hear or feel a difference in quality? Does one, you know, maybe sound more sibilant to you than the other? Is there more hissing on one than the other? If you've been told you've got sibilance issues, then this can be step one for exploring other options because depending on the shape of your equipment, oh, hello, it may be less or more sibilant for tongue tip up, tongue tip down. Now, if you're a tongue tip upper and are happy there, which is fine, as is tongue tip down, in my opinion, as long as people can understand you, who cares? There are a few other things that you can do to explore varying degrees of sibilance, either reducing or increasing, depending on where you're sitting. So let's start with where you feel you generally sit with the tip up, making this sound. And if you're a tip downer, then explore these two. Just start wherever you feel comfy with that tip up. Just explore something and see what happens. Nice. We've got the tongue tip up where you feel you normally make your s if you're a tongue tip upper. I'm a tongue tip upper. I will admit that to you all, just in the interest of honesty. Now gently curve and flatten the tip and the blade of the tongue, which is the bit just behind the tip, around that alveolar, post-alveolar gum ridge area. So the bumpy area behind the top teeth, where it feels like your teeth kind of go into. That's the alveolar area. And just behind that is the post-alveolar area. So explore that by flattening and curving and just playing around and see how the quality of the sound changes. Basically, how the sibilance might change for you. Here's me doing it as we demo. So this is where I start. Sausage, sausage. If I want to roll the tongue tip forward a bit, you can hear a very distinctive change in the frequency there. And if I go back, basically until I get to the shh sound. You can also hear a change, almost like a dampening in the quality a little bit. And exploring that little minute area is a really interesting way of you seeing whether you have in your capacity of where that contact is, finding an area that's slightly less sibilant or more sibilant, depending on what you need. Something that's pleasing for either you or your <clears throat> feedback giver. <laughs> Another option is really just to make sure you're not forcing too much air through generally and also noticing the length of this sound. So if I keep my gentle and short sausage, Sally, sausages, then wherever the articulatory contact is, I can reduce the amount of sibilance overall if you just really hold back on that airflow a little bit. So look, you find a little adaptation you're happy with. Well, what next? Then you've got to work it back into actual words and speech. You know, you can't just go around essing at everyone all proud. Like, <laughs> they'll be like, what the fuck's wrong with neck, all that essing? Best thing to do is to start with consonant clusters, which is groups of consonants that are often together in speech that we're familiar with, and then add in some vowels to open things up again. There's a great exercise in finding your voice by Barbara Houseman. I've popped a wee link in the show notes, which firstly pops that sound next to the t sound as in tomato and um, this works really well because the t sound is made in the same place with the same part of the tongue tip for a lot of people so it can go like this this is mainly if you're a tongue tip upper by the way you make a short t -t -t, keeping it nice and crisp t -t -t -t, she says correcting herself 
Then you roll from the t into the s, 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 keeping it short. Then you add on vowels, which lead you into actual words kind of accidentally. So, tsu, tsu, su, tso, tso, so, tso, tso, so, tsai, 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 tse, 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 tsi, tsi, si. So that's basically going through o-o-o-i-a-e. And there can be vowels in your own accent. You don't have to conform to any kind of standard accent. By the way, if you could see me, I do uh, a lot of like hand as tongue mimes when I'm working on articulation stuff. So I've got my hand like curved into almost like a, a C shape next to the side of my face. And uh, with my fingertips pointing forward, like a little um, scoop as if my hands would be scoop. And I'm kind of rolling my hand back and forwards as I go from the T to the S Sue, <laughs> I wish you could see it. Oh dear. The joys of podcasting as a medium, hey? So you go from basically isolating the single sound and working into blending back into actual words you might say in real life. All the while sort of also thinking about that different position of this, if that's something you think is also helping you. Next, then I'd recommend some more complex consonant clusters. And again, I've popped a link to a book called The Vocal Arts Workbook by David and Rebecca Carey, where these came from in the show notes. They've got some great consonant clusters in there. Absolutely mad. <laughs> Here's a few, which uh, include the T sound and the S sound. Again, it works through a very similar vowel pattern. So with this, we've got O, 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 A, A, E, and it goes toast, toast, toast. Tast, taste, teast. That's toast, 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 tast, taste, teast. And spousts, sposts, sposts, spasts, <laughs> spasts. I love these. Speasts, spousts, sposts, sposts, spasts, spasts. Speasts. And if you are someone who gets their head wrecked by sibilant signs, I'm really sorry because that was pretty intensely full of them. <laughs> oh, I also like sleuthed, slothed, slothed, slathed, slathed, sleathed with a little D on the end because that's quite nice with a tongue tip area too. So there you go. Just to recap, if someone says you're sibilant, ask them if they think it might be the mic first off. If they say no, say thank you and ignore them and get on with your life or have a think about some of the following elements if it's feedback you keep getting and is making you a little bit self-conscious. Number one, how are you making your S sound? Tip up or tip down? And with which part of the tongue? Is it the tip right on the end or the blade just behind the tip? Are you keeping the sound as short as it needs to be? Number two, how long is that sound? And are you using a nice gentle airflow or does the air feel like it's being really forced through? Now look, as with all voice work, if you're implementing a change in your vocal mechanism, it's not going to happen overnight. You do need regular short bursts of deliberate practice, as it's called in pedagogy, where you're actively focusing on doing the newer habit. And if you feel yourself slip back to the old habit that you're trying to affect, then you stop and you start again. But do keep all exploration fun and inquisitive and non-judgmental. 
Right, there we go. So links to uh, supporting material in the show notes, as usual. And thanks to some people who fed back about how useful they've been finding the show notes. I'll make sure I keep a lot of stuff in there as and when it's needed. So you hear about my influences and the stuff that um, makes its way into my practice. And there's also a link to the Voice and Accent Hub down there. So come and find me if you uh, want to directly interact and say hello. Uh, But for now, I will, uh, well, see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Voice Coach Podcast. For even more support with your speaking voice, head on over to our free community, The Voice and Accent Hub on Facebook. See you in there. You ought to sound like a snake. (laughs) I'll slither away now for a brew.